there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. The big recording button at the top. Got it. Okay. We are recording. Okay. Oh my gosh. We have peaks on both lines. We have peaks on both lines. Okay. Cool. This is exciting. (laughs) I'm okay. Yeah, we're good. Uh huh. You good? I think so. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Yes. We have gifts. We do. So. It's exciting. Jennifer is our longtime listener. Awesome. Uh, she works with my husband. And Even she better. sent him home with gifts for us. Aww. I have not opened them. They've been sitting on my uh, dining room table for the last five days. Nice. I'm proud of you. Because I wanted to open it with you. This is exciting. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. So I think this one's for you. Okay. And this one's for me. Um, first of all, <laughs> it's got gold polka dots and pink and red. Like, I know. She knows us. She knows us for sure. I'm all about the extraness of life. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's uh what does yours say? Mine says BB4L. Bad yes. bitch for life. Yes, mine does too. Yours is red. I love it. Mine is black. Okay. What size is yours? Large. <laughs> okay, let me tell you why you got a large. Okay. Because mine's the right size. Um, <laughs> I don't mind a large. No, I know you don't mind. But like, okay. So Travis tells me after the fact, he was like, are you not going to open it? And I was like, well, I'm going to wait until I'm with Shy, mm-hmm. um, Because like, I don't want to open it and then have her open it. And then, you know, these are meant to be enjoyed together, right? Yeah. So he goes... Well, I think, um, I think it's clothing. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm about that life. We are both about that life, you know? That's yes. awesome. Um, he goes, because she asked me for your sizes. And immediately I was like, oh, no. <laughs> because this man's, he knows what size I am because he's gotten it wrong so many times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sir, I can't wear a medium. In what phase of my life have I ever been a fucking medium? You know what I mean? Uh He's got it wrong so often that now he knows my size. Yeah. I said, what what size did you say that Shy was? And he goes, a large. (laughs) (laughs) I go, Travis, um, Shy is like the size of my thigh. (laughs) What? makes you think she's a large 
And he was like, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what size she is. That's the best. So I was like, oh, it's large. I love it. And, yep. Which, to be fair, you're wearing, like, you wear oversized clothes a lot. I do. So. Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll be perfect. Whatever. But I was just like, oh, no. Totally wearing that to work. <laughs> Probably I'll wear it on my Zoom call first thing Monday morning. You should. Show it off. Just saying. You should. Thank you, Jennifer. Yes, thank you, Jennifer. I love it. And I love red. <laughs> so. Hey. It's the best. Oh I said God. she was a large. Mm-hmm. Yep. And have you met Shy? Mm-hmm. Have you met her? Mm-hmm. She's so tiny. Yeah. What are you? It's okay. He, and then I said, you know what? This just actually tells me that this confirms for me that that man does not look at another woman. He acknowledges that other women exist, but that man's has never looked at the body of another woman. Silver linings, Shan. Silver linings. What the fuck? Anywho. Oh, my God. That's the best. So, yeah. Nice. Anyway. Well, I have to do a quick shout out um, before we get started. Okay. So, I just recently got a new vehicular. Yeah. And took it in to get the windows tinted because I'm, I have very sensitive eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't, it, whatever. I have sensitive eyes. I always have my windows tinted. It helps. Blah. So take my new vehicular up to Quality Window Tint, North mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. close to Edmond, mm-hmm. on Santa Fe. Um, and they've they've um, tinted numerous cars of ours. Like, I think three of our cars we've taken up there. Super friendly like the best service, hands down, you guys, like so good. Um, and when I walk in, nobody was at the front counter, but there's a woman walking kind of from the garage area into a little office. And she was like, hold on. I was like, okay, like, no, no worries. No, no rush, whatever. And then I hear her do the best negotiation I have ever heard in my life. Um, with someone on the phone who I am assuming is a car dealership. And I was the whole time was like, yes, queen, like, tell him how it is. Tell him like she was not, but she was not, she was not backing down. Like, this is she our set like, price. This is the amount we do it for. This is what so we that's do. The amount that we charge you. Uh-huh. Yeah. This whole time. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. I would never be able to. You can't negotiate amazing. everything. It's amazing. Yeah. It wasn't a. It wasn't a car dealership, um, but she still handled it like a boss. Like a boss. It was amazing. Um, but just the window tint turned out perfectly. My eyeballs don't hurt now. Um, so what's the name of the business? Quality Window Tint. 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 Not tent. Tint. North Santa Fe, near Edmond. Um Super, super nice people. They'll even, um, if you're not so sure how it's going to look on your your car, your pickup truck, whatever, they'll 
grab like a little swatch of it and take you out to your car and let you look like see what it would look like um but yeah they're just really good peoples and highly recommend if you want your window standard also you guys the stuff they make now actually um reduces heat in your vehicle and uv rays so you know yeah protect that you don't have to put sunscreen on every day yeah. when you drive on your commute <laughs> yeah and it protects the inside of your car too so. because my dermatologist told me most people that get um that have skin cancer lesions come up on their arms it's on their left arm <gasps> and it's from sitting in the driver's seat on your commute yep with your arm like getting most of the rays through the window. Yeah. yeah. I believe it. Yeah. So, and they have tint that's fair enough where people can see into your car. You can see out. I honestly, I don't understand why people don't have their windows tinted. It's it's weird to me. It's for, very foreign because I don't want people see. I don't want people to see me singing at the top of my lungs. That's fair. Because I have a concert every day in my car. Sure. But anyways. Uh, but that's that's my little shout out I wanted to give. They were awesome people and had a nice little conversation with them. And I like straight up asked them, may I please promote you guys on our on our little podcast? And they they uh, the ladies at the front desk wanted to get permission from the owner first, which I thought was awesome. Um, they got that permission. So nice. Shout out. Love them. Quality window tint. Love it. Good job, Shy. Thanks. <laughs> Well, that's our episode for today. So join us next week as we discuss <laughs> leather interiors. <laughs> Welcome to Car Talk. <laughs> we know nothing about cars. We really don't. <laughs> I love that. I love that you got a, a new car. Thanks. Treat yourself. I mean, happy 40 something birthday to me. <laughs> I about said it. <laughs> Happy forty something. something. Okay, I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> love this. Okay, are you ready to do true crime? I am ready. Our peaks are peaking. I am at the. I am at the wheel. I am at the helm. Helm. Helm of this boat. It's the helm of this ship show. It's. It is that. See how I integrated our very first, like, what we wanted to do? It is that. It's always a ship show. Let's do it. Okay. So I have one that's kind of crazy. Oh. And it's kind of unsolved. Okay. What do you mean by kind of? Well, how it's it's unsolved officially okay and it's unofficially unsolved i mean it's still an open case Mm. so it's recent enough that there's not a whole lot of information out there oh all right okay Okay. and you might actually remember this one because you were living in oklahoma city at the time okay i was too but not for very long so this is back in 2007, mm-hmm. November 2007. It's around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Denise Stice is a 48-year-old married woman, and she works on Tinker Air Force Base. She's a civilian working on Tinker Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Specifically, she's the director of the Office of Small and Disadvantaged Business Utilization at the Air Logistics Center at Tinker Air Force Base, which is in Midwest City. Right. So she was kind of higher up. She was a professional. She had been doing this job at the time, I think, for about eight years. Nice. And she worked in, like I said, Midwest City on Tinker. And she owned a home in a gated community and more. So I'm like, yes, queen. Okay. Live your life. Love Mm -hmm. this for you. On the date of November 26, 2007, Denise leaves work at Tinker and visits a friend at the Sheridan Hotel in Midwest City. Okay, so she goes, probably has drinks, maybe dinner, whatever, meets up with her friend. And she leaves the hotel about 6 p.m. Okay? Okay. And the friend would later state that they believed she was going straight home. That is the last time that anyone really sees her or hears from her. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is sounding familiar, but... Yeah. Okay. So in the morning of the next day, November 27th, 2007, her nude and beaten body is found at Lake Overholzer, and she has been shot one time in the head. Oh. She is found face up with only her wedding ring on. And the group that finds her is like a church group from Texas that had stopped for just to like stretch their legs and stuff like that. At Lake Overholzer? Mm-hmm. And she's found on the southern edge of the lake around Northwest 10th and County Line Road. So... Overholzer mm-hmm. is the one that's at that's in Bethany, right? Yeah, close to Bethany. Yeah. And she was from the last time anyone saw her was Midwest City. Was in Midwest City, which is and east. she lived in Moore. And she lived in Moore. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like. So for anyone that's not <clears throat> in the Oklahoma City area or Oklahoma area, for that matter, um, Midwest City is on the far east side of Oklahoma City, and mm-hmm. Oklahoma City is a large. Metro area. Yeah. It has one of the largest land masses by acreage in the nation. Mm-hmm. So it, Oklahoma City's a big place. Yeah. Where it's officially Oklahoma City. Midwest City is on the very east side of Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. where Tinker Air Force Base is. And Moore is on the south central side of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Between Oklahoma City and Norman. Yes. Lake Overholzer is on the west side, the far west side of Oklahoma City, right before you get to Yukon. Mm-hmm. So these are all, I mean, different parts of Oklahoma City. Yeah, and they're all a good 30 minutes from each other, if not more. If not more. And usually, so the thing here in Oklahoma City is to get from point A to point B, usually in Oklahoma City area proper, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes, no no matter where you want to go. Depending on traffic. Uh, Yeah. Unless you're wanting to travel to like, you know, the further edge of Midwest City or down to Moore or, you know, somewhere like that, it's going to take you a little longer, but 30 minutes. So that's weird. So she's found on the west side of Oklahoma City on the edge of this lake. 
And she's completely nude. She has her wedding ring on. That's it. And she's beaten about the face as well. Okay. Okay. Yep. So the medical examiner would later confirm that there was no evidence of sexual assault, but that Denise was badly beaten on her head and face and even had a broken tooth that occurred around the time of death. Okay. The cause of her death, though, was the gunshot wound to the left side of her head. Okay. All right. The medical examiner's report also stated that there was a blood trail leading from the parking lot at the lake Mm -hmm. to the location that she was found. So someone shot her and dragged her body body. to the place that it was left. Right. So right around the time in the morning of November 27th, when they find her body, her gold 2002 Chevy Monte Carlo is found in the parking lot of an apartment complex about two miles away from the lake. Okay. Mm -hmm. This apartment complex called the Bali apartments, B-A-L-I at the time are located near Northwest 10th and Tela drive T E L A. Okay. So it's two miles to the east. Back east. Back Mm -hmm. towards maybe a downtown area. Right. Okay. Right. Right. And at the time that they locate the car, they're still also trying to kind of figure out the identity of this body. So they're investigating, like, who this is. Mm -hmm. They find the car. And... Police are canvassing the area to determine who left the car there. And the only description is a stocky white male in a white dress shirt, black trousers, and cowboy boots. And they estimate his height to be 5'8". That's it. Stocky white guy, 5'8", white shirt, black pants, cowboy boots. Good Lord. Yeah. Basically, every other man. Every dude in Oklahoma. Got it. (laughs) Now, what the police don't release, which I think is very telling, is there's really no information on the car's condition when it's found. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. There's no reports that the interior of the car is bloody. There's no reports that, like, her clothing is found inside the car. There's no reports that, like, her personal items are found inside the car. There's just nothing. It's like, we found the car. Mm -hmm. So they're holding that information, like, super close to the vest, right? Yeah. And on the afternoon of the 27th, Denise is reported missing by her spouse after she didn't show up to work that day. So they had already found her body at like 930 in the morning. Uh, Okay, can I? um, So he didn't immediately call when he woke up and she wasn't home. No. Okay. No. Got it. And... His story is that she called him when she was leaving the Sheridan in Midwest City 
and told him she would be Christmas shopping for a bit before going home. Cool. So uh, that doesn't mean she's going to be spending the night in Walmart. I know. I was like, so do you just assume that she like got lost at the mall or like, what's your angle here with that? That's very suspicious to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. Because I know that if you were like, hey, husband, I'm going to do some shopping after I leave work. He would give you like two hours. And then if you're not home and he hasn't heard from you, he's like sending out a search party. Yes. Right? Yes. He's not just assuming that you got lost somewhere and you'll be back by noon tomorrow or whatever. Correct. You know? Yeah. So that's weird to me, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And this was weird to everybody else, too. So... Authorities search his house. No one ever reports on what's taken from the house. At all. And to be clear, this house is not in his name. It's only in Denise's name. So she owns the house uh, individually. Really? Yeah. So Hmm. that's literally... The last thing that's reported in 2007. So a year goes by. Mm -hmm. And in 2008, a year anniversary of her death rolls around. Nothing is proceeding with the case at all. The only thing that's happening is on the personal side with the family behind the scenes. So her husband... He goes by Don. He wants to go ahead and get her estate settled. Okay. All right. Yep. So he files probate Mm -hmm. in May 2008. Mm -hmm. And he files as the executor of her estate. Okay. All right. Which is normal. Right. For Mm -hmm. like the, the remaining spouse to do that. Correct. And... About the same time that he files probate, a foreclosure action is filed on her home. So no payments were made after she Yeah, he was just not paying the house payment. So a foreclosure action is ongoing on the home that she owned. And this estate is... Ongoing as well. The sister of Denise, one of her siblings, her sister, comes forward and requests that he be removed as the executor in basically for the reason of he hasn't been handling her business Mm -hmm. and has let her home go into foreclosure. Right. And... Why should he be handling her estate? Right. If he can't handle her business. Yeah. As it, I mean, I, I, I agree. would want the same thing. Agree. Like if you can't, yep. if you can't take care of paying a mortgage, then you shouldn't be half, yeah. even thinking you can handle a whole probate estate situation. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the judge agrees and assigns her as the interim executor okay, of this good. estate. Okay. During this time, too, her husband, 
sues the federal employees group life insurance program, stating that he is the rightful and sole beneficiary to his wife's retirement and life insurance benefits. So the lawsuit claims that to this point, the life insurance program has declined to pay out under her policy as her murder has not been solved and the applicant for benefits, her husband, has not been ruled out as a suspect in her murder case. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. He sues them for $1.25 million. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a lot going on behind the scenes from a financial aspect. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And all the time that this financial turmoil is going on, Don, the husband, is arrested in 2009 for possession of methamphetamine, paraphernalia, concealing stolen property. What? Yeah. And at that point, her remaining family members, because she didn't have any children, so it's just her, her husband, and like her siblings that are remaining, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Her remaining family members petition the court and say, can we not? <laughs> like, could we go ahead and get this wrapped up? Because mm-hmm. this guy is not it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve to benefit from her no. estate and all this stuff. Just because you're married, sir. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're entitled to any of that. Yeah. Especially if you do meth. <sighs> I just... It's a lot. Yeah. Problematic. He pleads guilty and is sentenced to varying sentences for each charge, the maximum of which is like 10 years for one of the charges. So that's fine. Whatever. That goes through the judicial process. But wait, there's more. (laughs) So Don, Don Stice, his real name is Gerald Don Stice didn't just fall into drug use and have kind of a storied life after his wife was murdered. Back in the early 90s, in 1992, he committed sexual assault, what some might call forcible rape, Mm -hmm. outside of a hotel bar, and this was done against a female singer that had been singing in the bar. Holy hell. He follows her out to her vehicle in the parking lot after she's done her set Uh and is just like, oh, you have a beautiful voice. She's like, thanks, I guess. And he pushes into her vehicle and rapes her in her own vehicle. Holy shit. Yeah. So he is charged with forcible rape. He pleads to a count of like sexual assault, sexual misconduct, which is a lesser charge. He does a little bit of time. He's sentenced in 94 and does a little bit of time. He does like four years. He gets out in 98 and he's required to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Now, no suspects in the murder of Denise Stice 
have ever been publicly released. Mm -hmm. And there is very little public information that has been released via the media, especially about... So if you think about... The way the body was found. Right. They said initially the body was found within hours of the murder. So she, her body was still, for lack of a better term, fresh. Right. Right? Yeah. The The rigor stages had not started or were maybe in between. Theoretically. I'm listening to All That Remains on Audible and it's all, we'll discuss later, but like it takes you through the stages of rigor. Sure. Sure. It's very interesting. <laughs> Go. So she was relatively fresh in late November. It's going to be cold overnight mm-hmm. and in the yeah. morning. So the body was relatively well preserved, right? Right. I'm curious if they tried to do any type of fingerprinting from the body, if they tried to lift any DNA off of the body. If there was anything done, because obviously that wasn't reported and they don't want, I'm sure they don't want anyone to know how they processed the body or what they did. I mean, in my mind, is that not part of the normal investigative process is when you find a body that's been through, it's obviously a murder. She did not go out there herself and beat herself and then shoot herself and hide the gun like that. Someone did that to her. I would think that in any type of um, murder investigation, that's the first things you would do. Yeah. On get the take the fingernail clippings, take um, take everything from out from rape, under the nails. A rape kit. That's how they figure. That's how they found she was not. Yeah they they said there was no evidence of sexual assault or anything like that. And so and that's what surprised me too because the way that she was found. Yeah, when she's found nude. You would think a sexual component would have been present. It not being there is like they staged it to look that way. I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, to me it was staged to look like maybe a robbery or a sexual assault, but they didn't take her wedding ring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was weird. So it's... It's a weird situation, and obviously we don't know what they did during the investigation, and they may just be holding on to all of that information because they need to have a suspect, you know, in line to try to compare that information to a suspect, right? Yeah, I get that, but it's been over 20 years now, or almost 20 years now. Let's, like, let's release something to help the public. And that's the whole thing, like... If they found DNA on the body that they were able to process, it would have already been in the system, Mm -hmm. in the CODIS system. Yeah. And anyone that would have been charged with a felony would have been in the system as well, right? Correct. So I have other questions, too. Like, I mean, she allegedly tells her husband, oh, I'm going to go Christmas shopping or whatever. Before I get home, was there anything from her bank account that would have said she went shopping? Mm -hmm. Was there gifts in the car? 
was there receipts and right. you know did you find a purse with receipts in it or anything like that or is all of her personal items just gone right you know yeah, where are all these things so i just have a lot of questions plus the description of the person getting out of her car at this apartment complex like a white dress shirt and black slacks i mean doesn't that kind of sound like someone that would be working in sales or working anyone working an office job in the early 2000s yeah that's what it have sounds like right white button down in slacks yeah yeah so i just have a lot of questions because i'm like what all did this friend that she met at the sheridan say because if i'm yeah. meeting you for drinks and i'm just like oh well you know did she do that whole thing that us oklahomans do when it's time to go and she's like well I better be getting home. Yeah. Or did she specifically say, I got to go home and have dinner or I got to go home and take out the dog or whatever. I got to go run and do some last minute Christmas shopping. Yeah. Because I'm not going to keep that to myself. I'm going to be like, well, I got to hit the mall before it closes. Yeah. You know, that's how we say our goodbyes. Yeah. So I'm just confused as to how there's so much. Um difference between Mm -hmm. what the husband said she told him and what the friend said you know yeah maybe so it just it's curious on how she wound up on the west side of oklahoma city too yeah it's almost like they wanted to take her as far away from her normal hangout settings Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just it's just feeling very staged to me at this point yeah i think so too But there's so many, so, so many unanswered questions. Yeah. I mean, did she have a cell phone? Where's her cell phone at? Did you try to trace the cell phone? Did you try to triangulate her? (laughs) You know? It's like nothing. It's like they were just like, "Mm, another, another body found. She she died. Here here she is. Yeah. It's just a weird... It's a weird story, right? It is very weird because I feel like her siblings were um, smart enough to be like, okay, no, he's not handling her estate properly, blah, blah, blah. I feel like they would also be the type that were like, have you found her killer yet? Yeah. Because you all are, you know, you're letting this, you know, ex-husband of hers or husband of hers just... I don't know. It's it's weird. It is weird. It's a weird situation. I feel like there should have been more people advocating for her. And they might be. They might be. But there's absolutely nothing in the media about it. There's absolutely no updates, no Mm. stories, nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's And this was a woman. This was a professional in her field. Yeah. Yes. Who was very well known on Tinker Air Force Base and she was murdered and has it's no one's talking about it. That is weird. That's that's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that is the story of Denise Stice. Dang, Shan. Forty eight year old woman murdered. Dang. I I don't know. It's it feels very staged. It feels a little suspect. Suspicious. A little suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, 
hopefully soon somebody will pop up and, you know, ask to, you know, ask where they're going in the case and what's being done about it. Yeah. Because... I'm hoping her family gets back in touch with OKCPD and says, hey, is there anything going on? Because I think a lot of times families think, you know, the police will do their do their work. And when something comes up, they'll let us know. And the fact of the matter is people don't stop dying. Right. And people don't stop getting murdered. Right. And once a case goes cold, unfortunately... If you're not the squeaky wheel, yeah, your your case isn't going to get any traction. Yeah, you really have to be the squeaky wheel. Yeah, that gets the grease. Yeah, so, oof. Yep. Dang, Shan, that was good. It's really sad, but hopefully, hopefully, maybe one day, one day Ugh. in our lifetime, one could hope. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Shan. Thanks, Shy. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.